play, and they continue learning through play. Hmm. There's an example in your book that I haven't been able to get out of my mind that I wanted to ask you about. You tell the story about how children played during the Holocaust in concentration camps. It's kind of yes. remarkable and also really illustrates that point we were getting at about the difference between how kids want to play and what parents think play is or should be. There are two morals of that story. This comes from a book by George Eblen that I was referring to called Children and Play in the Holocaust. And he did studies of diaries and interviews of uh, Holocaust concentration camp survivors. And the remarkable thing he discovered is that even under those horrid conditions, children who were physically strong enough to play, played. And they played not at games designed to escape their horrid conditions, but designed to deal with their horrid conditions. They played at things like uh, crematorium, <laughs> where they would throw rocks and scream like the screams they heard in the distance, and so on. They played at games that allowed them to understand and embrace and somehow deal emotionally and physically with the horrid situation in which they are in. And so what this shows, first of all, is play is such a strong drive that you do it even when you're hungry, even when you're physically weak. It's such a strong drive in children, such a strong need. And secondly, that play for children is not an escape from the real world. It's a way of dealing with the real world. That's really what play is about. Play is children's incorporating into a kind of fantasy world the realities that are around them. And in the fantasy world, they can deal with these realities and they can practice dealing with these realities so that they can deal better with them in the real world. And what are the consequences for kids themselves? I mean, if young people today have less and less time to devote to free play, are we seeing any results? I think we're seeing very serious consequences of it. So let me describe what I've found uh, looking historically. So over the last 50 to 60 years, we have seen a continuous decline in children's freedom to play. Over this same period of time, we've seen a continuous, gradual, but ultimately dramatic increase in all sorts of mental disorders in children and young adults. It's not just that we are identifying disorders that we didn't know to look for before or that we've changed the definition of disorders. Even by standard clinical questionnaires that have been given in unchanged form to normative samples of children, teenagers, and young adults over the years, there is a dramatic increase in anxiety disorders, in major depression. Major depression and anxiety disorders by today's criteria are now five to eight times more prevalent among young people than they were in the 1950s. And this change has been gradual. Suicide rate is four times now what it was in the 1950s for children under age 15 and something like two and a half times uh, what it was then for young people between age 15 and 24. I'm curious, what makes you think that those higher rates of anxiety and depression are because of how we treat children in schools versus, I don't know, more stress at home, economic stress to career or working couples? 
This is a good question. It, you know, so what I've described is a correlation. There's been a continuous decline in play and a continuous increase in all kinds of mental disorders. So you, there's no relationship between this change in mental disorders and economic stress. Children are far more depressed today than they were during the Great Depression. Adults are far less depressed today than they were during the Great Depression. Children are far more anxious today than they were during the Cold War. You know, I remember the days when we were continuously being warned that uh, the Russians were going to bomb us any time and we were protecting ourselves, crawling under our desks and so on and so forth. You know, but children are affected by their real immediate lives and primarily by their friends. We overemphasize how much children are affected by their parents. I don't want to negate the value of parents. Of course, good enough parenting is important. But ask any child and...